I, uh, this isn't funny for the podcast, but I went through active threat training for my work. Which means if someone with a gun shows up, what do you do? I'm in the middle of giggles. <laughs> no, no, no. Saying this. Believe me, I'll, I'll bring it back to funny. Uh, there was a slide, because, you know, if there's an active threat, you hide, run, or fight. Okay. Fight is the last one. There was a slide for fight for what you should do when you fight off an active threat. And every one of the three things sounded like it would be a slide for an intro to improv class. Oh, yeah? The first one was, make large aggressive movements. Commit to your actions. Operate as a team. <laughs> what they don't tell you in improv class is everything you learn can be applied to an active threat. There's a reason they teach it in offices. Yeah. It's not for team building. <laughs> it's for team safety. Some guy comes in with a gun. Someone's like, I have a red ball. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I have a red ball. There's no red ball. There's no red ball. There's no red ball. <laughs> I feel better because I took drugs. Zero credits. Worcestershire sauce and not Bestershire sauce. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. I unintentionally did a joke and my name's John. And together we're Henry and John, unintentionally bringing you the zeitgeist with all of our intentionalities intact. Oh boy, intentionalities intact, there's a certain, uh... There's a certain uh, prosaic quality to that. It's like a good mouthfeel. It's like a it's like a fine wine. You know, you can really wrap your mouth around intentionalities intact. So if intentionalities intact were a wine, uh, I want us to pretend that we're tasting the wine right now. Mmm. Mm, I'm getting notes of oak. Mmm. Are you just smelling it or are you tasting it? You smell it first. You smell yeah. it first. You smell you it smell first. first. Mmm. We're both making a dumb motion. Yeah, of we're our making hands. a dumb motion now. Taste. Okay. I uh hints of Bing cherry. Hints of Bing cherry, absolutely. Very the tart. legs. <laughs> the legs are when you swirl it, not when you taste it. You what? can't taste the legs. Oh, I can <laughs> I can taste these legs. So uh intentionality's intact. Would that be a red wine, a white wine? I'm getting a white wine. How like a, how like are a, the tannins? Very light, because it's a white wine. There's no tannins in a white wine whatsoever. That's, that's why I said it was light, John. Jesus Christ. I was going to say it's a Chardonnay. Well, when did you learn that there are no tannins in white wine? When you yelled at me <laughs> just now, and I feel bad, and now I've disappointed my father. I learned that maybe two days ago. Everything has tannins, John. Everything? Everything. Even I... Well, no. Oh. I don't want to taste your tannins. I have tannins. It's chalky, as tannins has how they taste. Tannins is... Tannins taste chalky, is what I read. Where'd you read that? I was just reading a lot about wine. All right. Well, let's quickly vacate this theater 
and enter the arena that is the world stage of sports. Yes, let us abandon the theater of the mind and enter the theater of the foot. Two teams representing two countries entered the world's stadium, John. The two greatest countries on earth, the most powerful, France and Croatia. They've battled every other country that qualified for the World Cup in their stages and quarterfinal and semifinal matches to make it to this here stage. And the game has already happened. The results are already in. But I want, before we reveal all of that, John, how do you feel about your team's chances at winning? Well, how do I feel about Croatia's chances at winning? Um, I never really followed Croatia much uh, leading into the World Cup final. Uh, the podcast has a pretty clear record of how uh, my team picking went. In that the second I spoke their name aloud, they were eliminated. Well, here's the thing, John. You broke that trend. I did. Because where we left the previous episode was that one of us was going to have Croatia and the other one was going to have England. Mm -hmm. And whoever lost that match got France. And you had Croatia. I did have Croatia. And Croatia beat the, the bloody limey tar... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Out of those Britons. But in doing so, uh, much as uh, Dragon Ball Z has taught us, uh, when you defeat uh, a Saiyan, they only become twice as powerful. So in defeating your precious England, you were reborn like a phoenix as powerful France. Powerful, powerful France who... Well, I, I th- let's just say I think their odds... We're in their favor. I would say that is the case because they won the World Cup. Oh, what spoiler alert! Oh shit! I didn't know that. I didn't know that we weren't supposed to reveal that to everyone who knew already. I mean, it did happen on Sunday, and this is coming out almost a week later. Uh huh. So yes, France won the World Cup four to two with it, a phenomenal precision it by was, the French players. It was a very fun match to watch. I, you know, we tuned in, it was 2-1, France was up, and then they scored again, and I was like, well, that might have done it, and then they scored again, and I was like, well, that probably did it, but then Croatia answered finally, and I thought, this was it, this will be the comeback of, of all time, Croatia will come back, score two more goals to equalize, we're going into overtime, and that did not happen. It did not, it ended 4-2. Now, I don't know, did you watch the match at all? Uh, no. I did not have an opportunity to. I slept... Well, I can be honest on the podcast. I was hungover. Oh, okay. So I did not watch the match. That's fine. I went to a karaoke party the night before. I saw things on Instagram. It was very charged with World Cup dialogues. Wait, was it? Uh, everyone... Uh, yeah. They were young hipsters. They all like the World Cup a lot. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I uh, I did a shout-out to Croatia during uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. It was pretty good. I don't know if you noticed, but the uh, the traffic signs around here, you know, the ones that light up with, like, please drive safe for the love of God? Yeah. This one was like, don't text and drive. Make that your goal. Goal. I did see that. That is cute. Yeah, Austin got into the World Cup spirit. But what I was going to say is I watched half of the game. Oh. The latter half. And what from what I saw, Croatia 
I will say for 75% of that game dominated the ball. Uh, Croatia was aggressive. France, uh, really keeping in with how they've been performing in the World Cup, were just surgical. Uh, France is very precise, very scary. Uh, did Croatia get an own goal during that game? They did. Fuck. And it was off, it was off a foul and a free kick that should not have been a a foul and a free kick. So, honestly, the score was 3-2. Okay. So much, much nicer. I mean, yeah. It's just, in soccer, there's not a lot of, you don't call back goals, like, ever. Yeah. A goal is a goal. You don't go back to the tape and be like, no, that one didn't count. Yeah, you can't really do that. The only reason you would do that is offsides. But let's, soccer is over. Soccer's over for another four years. Now soccer can finally return to its mysterious black sarcophagus for another four years. Well, I mean, the Women's World Cup is next year. Oh. Oh, it'd be really cool if we got into the Women's World Cup. The women's U.S. team is a lot better than the men's U.S. team. Yeah, I remember there was a... There was a lot of talk about being like, oh, the men keep not getting in the World Cup. It's like, not, well, the U.S. keeps not getting in the World Cup. It's like, yeah, the men don't. Yeah. But the the women's World Cup team, mwah. Mwah. Chef's kiss. So good. And uh, one cool thing to see, Croatia, they came in second. That's the, that's their best finish ever. Yes. That's the farthest they've ever gone in the World Cup. And so the team, although they, like, they lost... They got one of the warmest receptions I think I've seen for a football club this side of any Mississippi. Any Mississippi. The north or the south. The, a bus. They were all on a tour bus. And this uh-huh. tour bus took six hours to go from the Capitol entrance to the Capitol Square. Mm-hmm. And every inch and every mile was covered in people. I can imagine. They estimated that 500,000... 550,000 people were in Jesus. That, in that city along that bus route. And if we want to convert that into a percentage of the Croatian population, 15% of, Jesus. Pe- of the Croatian crazy. population came to meet this team and cheer them on, cheer them home. And that's just like the most heartwarming thing that I've ever seen. And then on the other side, you got France... Yeah. You know, France, their president. Uh, Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, Macron, and you got uh, one, I forget who. Might have been uh, Mbepi. Might might have not been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dabbing. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw a still someone had taken of the French president, you know, Macron. Macron. And he was like, yeah. doing like a dab Superman pose. And then someone uh, pasted him into a picture of the Ginyu Force from the, Dragon Ball Z, and that was pretty good. That's pretty amazing. I like it when we these these very important world <laughs> leaders dab in celebration of a yeah. sporting a sporting event. Uh, I I think that dabbing is the universal language. We all know what that means. He could say any French gibberish like "ball," and we're like, "What does that mean?" But dab, we know. We know, yeah. The dab translates across multiple boundaries and borders and languages and even hearts and, and minds. And people complain about American sign language not translating well to uh, to other languages with uh, different cognates and vocabularies and contexts. But the one symbol from American sign language. Uh, that I do believe, uh, based on my limited research, is definitely part of the American Sign Language, is the dab. 
Oh yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it, mean? it represent, John? Uh, if someone were to dab and then you had subtitles like in a movie, it would say dab. <laughs> <laughs> it means itself. The sign signifies the signifier. Exactly. Don't want to get into it. Yeah. But yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yes, add that to American Sign Language to quell oh. the haters. And there are enough haters of ASL. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who hates American Sign Language? British Sign Language? Oh, yeah. have you ever seen British Sign Language? Have you ever seen the British... Have you ever... I have only... No, this is a true thing. And maybe this is just a weird zeitgeist thing. I have only seen American Sign Language. I mean, uh, it is the most popular sign language in our media. But, like, okay, give me something... That, like, is normal in American Sign Language, and I'll show you how they do it in British Sign so Language. So, thank you is a motion from the chin outward. Away. 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 So that, thank you. What, yeah. What would be British Sign Language? You do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy, because you have to make a noise while you the do it. The thing is, the thing is, I know the Brits, they don't really do that. They do this. Okay. I don't know why. Okay, so they don't do this. They do this. Okay, that makes sense. Totally translates across um, a purely auditory. You know, let's not even explain it. But yeah, they do that. They do it with the noise. They're... So, yeah, not. It's weird. I, I don't know. Is that the first time we've made that many fart noises on the podcast? Yeah, nice. and let's never do it again. <laughs> Agreed. Oh my gosh, I hate everything about what we just did. Yeah, it is a it is a shame. It's not a shame about the World Cup. France deserved the win, uh, but you know the the World Cup is something that I really enjoy because basically the whole nation gets excited about it, and then it's just fucking over. Same reason I love the Olympics. Yeah, I know one of my good friends who. Uh, I follow on, not really follow, we're friends on Facebook, John, that dead platform that people keep using. Uh-huh. And uh, he would he would post little updates throughout the game. He's now switched over to not doing that. Oh, doing because other things with his life. There's no games. Yeah. So now he's like, oh, I restarted Battlestar Galactica. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Go <laughs> back to, to the same things about the World Cup games I can't watch. Because I'm at work. Man, if if he changed this whole thing to giving you a play-by-play on every episode of Battlestar Galactica, that would kind of be an amazing friend. It would be, but he, instead he, he's, he's he's like, oh, I just started Battlestar Galactica. Man, this this show's still good. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah, that's not Tell interesting. Tell me about Drogba. <laughs> Tell me about Drogba. I don't want to know about... Uh, Captain Adama. No. Up Drogma, down Adama. Exactly. Tell me about Mbepi. Up Mbepi, down Cylons. Oh, I just... I'm gonna miss this this brief... It felt like a month. It was actually like two months of soccer. It's gone, and now everyone's like... All the Americans are like, I just want to remind you... It's only seven and a half weeks till real football. Uh, and then, like, the sports center thing starts playing after they say it. They're like, the da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah, that's dumb. Anyone whose take on the World Cup is to say, like, World Cup's over, great game, and soccer sucks. Yeah. Like, l- fucking let people enjoy things, you idiots. That That's one of the more resounding phenomena that i've noticed just on facebook and and perhaps twitter you know the the more of the personal social medias where if a big event is happening say the super bowl say comic con 
say like Marvel's Avengers, it spans all events. It yeah. spans the Royal Wedding. Mm-hmm. It spans every event. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. Yeah, wrestling. That's that's included. The the sardonic and the sarcastic would be comedians of our friend lists. They come out and they critique like, oh. I don't follow sports ball, but I'm gonna watch the commercial. Like yeah. that, that little, those little quips. Unless you're like on a stage with a microphone, keep it to yourself and let people enjoy things. I mean, even if you were on a stage with a microphone, no one would find that funny. Uh, but also, I think that uh, for certain people, a certain kind of like sardonic hot take attitude to popular things maybe rewarded them in I don't know middle school. Uh, but as adults, we let each other enjoy things, and also we understand that the dumb things that people enjoy are probably just as fucking dumb as the things we like. Yeah. Soccer is just as fucking dumb as football is. I mean, yeah. Or, like, if if you're like, sports are dumb, yeah, sports are just as dumb as fucking video games or books. Like, everything is equally dumb. If you're going to make fun of something, make fun of something that is actually dumb. I think what it stems from is like, so pointing back to middle school, we all had this sort of like weird rebellion against authority because that's who we were at that time. We were yeah. just, we were punching up at the people who, who seemingly controlled us. We were punching up and we were punching holes in the sleeves of our hoodies that our thumbs went in. Well, yeah, that everyone goes through that phase and I will admit my hand is warmer when I do that. But now that, you know, these people become adults, there's no one to punch up at any... There is no authority over adults. A- adults have authority, and that scares people. Yeah. So then they, they turn every big event, which seems to loom over them like a some type of time-based ghost. Yes. And they punch at it because mm-hmm. they don't know where else to punch. And I mean, it, it sometimes can feel like they're just hating on things that are popular, but that's not necessarily it. They're just hating on things that will get them attention. Yeah, it's intention sinking, and it's also like, just let me comment on this thing that's bigger than anything in my life right now. The Super Bowl eclipses people for, like people's lives for one day. I feel like what we should do to get this out of people's head, to make this something that's like normal, we should allow people... Well, I mean, I guess this is legally allowed. We should encourage people... <laughs> To be able to be driving their cars and then see, I don't know, a stranger or a group of strangers. And we should allow them as a society to stop their car in the road, put on the emergency signals, roll their window down, look at these people, look at them right in the eye and go, I'm different, and then drive away. Because I feel like if we afforded people that opportunity, they wouldn't need to lash out. (laughs) I'm different. If, if we did that, I think that that would get it out of their system. You gave me an idea. Okay. What if, for a 12-hour period uh-huh. of a single day selected by our government... Hold on, is this the purge? All insults are legal. Oh, shit. Are, do you mean... <laughs> do you mean an insult slam purge? All insults about hobbies... I don't want the... Because... I, I immediately jumped to, you can't be all insults, because I don't want racial slurs. I don't yeah, want true. attacks on identities. So all insults about people's hobbies, specific. This is a specific okay. insult purge. Yes. Are legal. And so, and it has to be over <laughs> social media. No face-to-face. So you're just like, 
I'll call. You you write an open letter to like, dear every football fan, your sport is dumb. That's all legal for 12 hours. Now, see, I, I see what you're doing here. Because right now, under the current system, that is legal. Yeah. But under hobby insult purge, the other days of the year, it would be illegal. It would be illegal. Or heavily discouraged. You would get fined per word. You know what's uh, crazy about this? What? It's a good idea, but it's also a flawless segue into something I wanted to talk about. You know, I find that happens more often than not on this show, and I can only thank (laughs) the holy ghost that is the zeitgeist flowing through us at this very moment. You ever, uh... You ever ever think I say the zeitgeist too much? I do. Moving on. I was going to ask a question about uh, the holy spirit, but I'll save that till later. Uh, so, I was reading recently, and let me actually, let's present this TED Talk style. Let's wind it back. Alright, uh, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our, today's talker, our today's talker, uh, John. Oh, thank you so much for having me, TEDx Schenectady. Uh, so I want to start this talk with a question, and that's where the TED Talk thing ends. We don't need to keep it going. Okay. That's where the bit ends. You just want to start this out with a question. I want to start this with a question. That question for you, Henry, is, and answer me honestly, why won't a Japanese person finish a cigarette? Is this a stereotype thing? Answer it honestly. I will say it's because if you finish the cigarette, you're that much closer to cancer, and the Japanese have figured it out. If you stop part way, the cancer can't follow you home. Yeah, it gets trapped halfway out, and that comes out when you sleep. You are surprisingly close to the truth. Is it? Does this have anything to do, and I don't mean to be stereotypical, does this have anything to do with, like, a ghost? No. Okay, never it mind. It has nothing to do with a ghost... But it does have something to do with a specter. Ooh. Did you just... What? <laughs> What's the difference? Hear me out. Uh, so I was doing a little bit of research on Japanese smoking. Because I saw a picture of a, of a Japanese ashtray. And I noticed... That almost every cigarette in this Japanese ashtray was like halfway smoked, or three quarters smoked, or just a little bit smoked. So, naturally I did what anyone would do. I was like, why didn't anyone finish those cigarettes? Better look it up. And it is a recognizable phenomenon that speaks to Japanese culture, and in a weird way, American culture in hopefully a way that we can somehow wring a conversation out of. Okay. So, uh, let me hit you with some facts about Japan and tobacco. So, in Japan, uh, the only tobacco manufacturer making cigarettes was owned in its entirety by the Japanese government until 1985. That's very recent. It's very recent. They are still a majority shareholder in tobacco production in Japan. The uh, revenue generated by it in terms of like the, not the gross domestic product, the, the percentage of like revenue that the country of Japan takes in from cigarette smoking, 3% in paying the government. The government's funding comes from buying 
cigarettes. 49% of Japanese males smoke or say they prefer smoking to not smoking, which is a percentage the United States has not seen since the mid-50s. That's insane. And they know about the health risks, they obviously. Do. They do. And that's why something that I find really interesting is this idea... It's a, it's a Japanese word, and I don't know uh, exactly what the Japanese word is, but it effectively translates into, it kind of translates into tolerance, but it really translates into toleration. So the act of tolerating something, not the ability to tolerate it. Okay. So this idea of toleration uh, is the idea that you are able to consciously choose to tolerate something that's happening around you. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is it starts back with the United, not the United States, the Japanese government owning the largest tobacco company, the only tobacco company in Japan for a long time. Uh, they know the health risks and they know the risks to society, but because the Japanese government is a majority shareholder in tobacco production, the government would not want to regulate itself, Right. So if you get a huge percentage of your revenues from selling cigarettes and someone tries to introduce a law saying cigarettes cause cancer, no one can smoke, that's not going to go anywhere. It's, it, it's, it becomes weirdly patriotic to continue smoking in the face of the health risks. And since the, since the Japanese government will not hear, I mean, even as recently as 2005, there was a seven-year-long court case where someone said, we should be able to smoke in fewer places because cigarettes cause cancer and secondhand smoke causes like COPD and potentially cancer. In 2005, a judge said there was no evidence to suggest that. Are you serious? In 2005, because they're not going to... They're not in going the to, country of Japan... They are not going to cut out such a huge portion of their revenue, which gets into a function of Japanese society that I think is fascinating. So, Japanese society has laws regulating it. Sure, every society does. Uh, but that is not what... Uh, colors the behavior of Japanese citizens or is what makes their society run in a certain way. What, what it does is ghosts. Ghosts make them run a certain way. So the, the specter of uh, social and, well, I guess social responsibility, but the idea that Japan is wont to regulate itself with suggestion. It is a country of suggestion rather than regulation for the most part, because generally in America, we have to be told something is illegal for us not to do it. And even then, we'll still try to find a way. We'll still do it. Uh, smoking pretty much everywhere in Japan is totally legal. But the reason why a Japanese person will not finish all of a cigarette is because there is a strongly worded suggestion uh, from... The Japanese government from advertising companies from other people that when you smoke, you shouldn't be greedy. I'm 100% serious. There are cute little green ads in subways saying, don't smoke too much, don't smoke to excess. It's impolite. Not it will cause cancer, but it is impolite. So typically, they will smoke about half a cigarette and th throw the rest away. So instead of being like, I'm just going to have the one cigarette instead of two or more, they, they translate it into, I won't even finish the one. They create imagery that makes it so people with cigarettes that have been burned all the way down to the filter 
are portrayed as like vagrants and rude people particularly so the image of a proper japanese man is someone who smokes a cigarette about halfway down okay okay but what about in the animes that i watch because i'm a degenerate myself the the cigarette that's all bent up in the oh you mean like jigen from lupon the third yeah exactly uh the cigarettes that are bent up or burnt down to the butt indicate that that character is rude or devil may care and doesn't uh care about what people think about him that's a really cool characteristic trait that you would not pick up on yeah if you didn't know this there's there's a huge culture of suggestion in in Japanese society around everything but particularly around smoking where if you look at these ads they'll do things like they'll say uh there's an ad that just says the word egoism in English and the text below it translates to it's egoistic to think that everyone else's cigarettes smell bad but yours smell good all cigarettes smell bad there's no law saying you shouldn't smoke in certain places but there's a strong suggestion that you shouldn't and and cigarette smoking is very prevalent in Japan, but is largely controlled and kept at not a healthy level, because cigarette smoking is not healthy. But even though 50% of the Japanese population smokes, because they're supposed to do it, like, infrequently and politely, it has a minimal impact on society, which goes to toleration. Because when these things go to court and people say, we have to make it so people can't smoke cigarettes on the train or they can't smoke cigarettes here or there, the judge will always come back and say, it falls within toleration. You can make a choice to tolerate that happening. And if you, we could not reasonably expect you to tolerate that happening, we'd make it illegal. But because the suggestion is that people have to do it in a polite way... It would be tolerated. This is the most backwards and yet progressive thing. Because it's both. Like, it's, they're not, not smoking because of health reasons, but out of sheer politeness for their fellow train goer. Yeah, because honestly, in Japan, since smoking is so normal, you know, people aren't stupid. They understand the health risks. But the greater pressure in Japanese society is to follow the suggestion, don't be rude, smoke politely. It's crazy. It, it's amazing. And there's actually a huge schism in Japan right now that is growing. Because you can smoke basically everywhere in Japan. It's not a whole cigarette. Well, yes. But there's one place you can't smoke. Okay, wait. One place in all of Japan where you cannot smoke. Yes. And it's not going to be what I think it is. It's not going to be like the hospital. It's going to be like the office. So, uh, get a little bit more specific. Where do you think you might not be able to smoke in Japan? I mean, if I if this was if this were America, I would say in in like the kitchens of restaurants. You're pretty close. Do you want me to tell you? Is it in the uh, the kitchens of opium tins? <laughs> That's really mean. Never uh, mind. It is not. You cannot smoke in Japan. In Starbucks. An American coffee house. Star Starbucks's mission statement includes in it that they will create a smoke-free atmosphere. Starbucks has forbidden patrons from smoking inside or on Starbucks property all over the world and in Japan. That's pretty amazing that they've got that much clout that they can just say, 
No, to the entire Japanese population. But here's the thing, though, Henry. Yeah. Uh, it gets more complicated. Starbucks said, you can't smoke in our properties. We are a privately owned corporation. We choose who smokes and who doesn't smoke, period. And they followed that. And uh, just because generally in Japan, as long as you're a reasonable business, whatever rules you make are okay. Uh, so you can't smoke in Starbucks. And when that happened... It took a culture in Japan, which is called Kisaten, which is essentially cafe, and split it down the middle between people who wanted traditional Kisaten cafe experiences and people who want uh, what they call cafe experiences. So the Starbucks style created cafe, which is the enjoyment of coffee and leisure in a Seattle-style coffee house. Okay, so, so like an American, a, 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 not an Eastern to them experience. Yes. And an Eastern to them experience. It's very American. People who like cafe life in Japan prefer uh, like clean, smoke-free environments. Uh, like clean machinery, just very kind of clinical and consumer-focused, but also very. Uh, con- uh, did I say consumer focused already? No, I don't know if you did. It's consumer focused. It's yeah. basically Starbucks. They love it. It's the American style of coffee house, whereas the other one, Kisa Ten, you got cats everywhere. Is supposed to mimic French cafes. You got cats everywhere, <laughs> potentially. Uh, but in Kisa Ten, uh, the assumption is there will be a thick smoke in the air, ornate chairs. Harsh lighting. Like the beatnik movement. Exactly. In a, in a cafe setting. So if you go to a lot of places in Japan now, apparently, you can go into a lot of lounges and coffee bars, and the second you go in, you know which school they belong to. If you go into one that's clean and there's no smoke, you know that you're in like a Starbucks, Seattle-inspired uh, cafe. And then if you go somewhere and you have to go down a flight of stairs into a dark room filled with smoking old men... Then you're in a Kisa Ten joint. What about these cafes where, and then this is coming from a video game, uh-huh. all of the waitresses are in maid uniforms. Which school does that fall into? Uh, I think that generally they're probably Kisa Ten. Places like that, people can usually smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there are like smoking sections, but I mean, places with a cafe atmosphere generally like, people just don't smoke here, dude. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, we don't smoke here due to the specter of society <laughs> looming spe- over us. But that it's such a fascinating idea that you can effectively regulate a society's behavior through suggestion, not regulation. That is fascinating, but I mean, it, it kind of falls into the purview of just the Japanese culture. They're they're a very polite people to the point where if you're on you're on a train with let's say forty other people. No one's really talking to each other because it would be impolite to just walk up to somebody to talk to them. Unless they're a foreigner, in which case, talk to them all you want. Yeah, they're they're exempt. But I mean, the, the cool thing, I, it's not a cool thing, so a lot of cultures have this, but Japanese culture, like a fair number of Asian cultures, is super high context. So very little is explicit in, in Japanese culture. So suggestion rules, like if if... There is a, a generally agreed upon suggestion for how to polite how to behave in a, a polite, respectful, and efficient way. Then it will be followed. Mm-hmm. And generally in America, it's like we have to literally be dragged away from the thing we want to be able to get it. 
And even then, that just leads to a rise in organized crime. Yep. A la Prohibition. But, uh, I don't know, I thought that was cool. So, uh, now, the one thing that people will remember forever who listen to this, look for characters in, uh, in Japanese movies and TV who have rude cigarettes. <laughs> There's probably a name for that in Japanese. Probably. Uh, speaking of things being called things in Japanese... Oh boy, what a perfect segue. Well, no, you just reminded me of this, because I found this out today, but it kind of fell to the back of my mind, because I just I look at so many things... So in the upcoming Super Smash Brothers Ultimate game, uh-huh. a certain character from the Metroid series is being added for the first time in the franchise's history. Ridley. I'm a I'm Oh yes. shit, I didn't mean to jump. No, no, up. no, no. I'm referring to Ridley. Uh-huh. And then the character's introduction, mm-hmm. the developer, the one of the main developers behind the game, Sakurai, made mention that this character of Ridley was very uh Popular in the U.S. for being included uh-huh. in the game. Kind of referring to all of the internet memes about Ridley being too big and all that. And so a very... <laughs> an interesting thing has, has broken out in the Japanese forums for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. They're referring to Ridley affectionately and with no source of malice or, you know, malintention. They refer to him as Captain America. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> because Americans wanted him so much. He represents the just all of America. It's 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 fascinating. I am so okay with calling Ridley Captain America. <laughs> I had a nightmare about Ridley in Super Smash Brothers. Really? I dreamt he just stood like a person. He, I, what? I, <laughs> what do you mean? I dreamt that he stood bolt upright, both feet on the ground, both arms down at his side, just like. That's his, that's one of his taunts. Is he just stands up? Oh, that's awful. I hate it. He stands up to his full height, all skinny and like with his arms to his side for like, let's say a second. And then he goes back down to the haunch, haunched over. Yeah. I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate long Ridley. If we ever play it, I know exactly what I'm going to do. No, my worst nightmare. It's like that long Pikachu. (laughs) No, yeah. It's exactly like that long Pikachu. That scary... (laughs) Weird dancing motherfucker. Ugh. Speaking of nightmares become real, John. Oh boy. I was, uh, again on my Facebook when I came across a headline that someone had kind of posted to raise attention to this. And I, how do you feel about people telling you what you like? People telling me what I like? In article form. Like, you know, what if it was like podcast hosts? Uh huh. They like pineapples covered in ketchup. Uh, I don't like it, but also sometimes I like it when life just happens to me, so I'm on the fence. Okay, well, let, let's react to this real, actual headline, not really a headline, blog post title. Great. Men prefer debt-free virgins <laughs> without tattoos. Okay. Have you seen this? Uh, no. This is amazing. This comes from a little, I'm gonna call it a blog... Uh huh. That might be condescending. Who knows? A little website called The Transformed Wife. Uh, wait, hold on. Can I uh, back you up one second? Yeah. So the thing is, it's uh, it's a thing that says men prefer debt-free virgins with with no tattoos. Without tattoos. From the blog The Transformed Wife. Correct. I think that at that point, given what you've been given, you should not apologize for making their outfit seem small or insignificant or worthy of derision. Look, 
I'm not here to cast judgment. I'm just here to present the facts. And do you know how much more attractive debt-free virgins without tattoos are to young men? I don't. Unfortunately, there are so few of these types of young women anymore because of the high cost of college. Uh Uh-huh. In parentheses, debt. (laughs) Really? And sexual promiscuity even within those in the church. Oh my god, the church is full of it. As believers in Jesus Christ, Uh we need to live in a way that is pleasing to him. Oh. Because his ways are the best. Okay. He calls debt a burden and urges us to live lives of sexual purity. Great. That's the opening salvo of this horse fire. (laughs) I I badly want to read the rest of it. And Uh, we will. Oh, boy. Uh, There are many reasons why, John. I'm still on the fence as to what my preferences are, but I'll let you know at the end. There are many more reasons why Christian young women should carefully consider... Uh Whether or not they go to college. Oh, boy. Especially if they want to be wives and mothers someday. What about transformed wives? (laughs) What about transformed mothers? I think her, her, I think her, as in the author of this piece, her her goal is to transform wives and mothers (laughs) through her writing. Transform people? No, that's not what she's trying to do. She's trying to transform people into wives. (laughs) Yeah, don't go to college, just get some wives. Wait, become a (laughs) wife. Uh... Secular universities, John, they teach the God of... They teach teach against the God of the Bible and his ways. It's far from what God calls women to be and do. It teaches them to be independent, loud. Oh, no. And a modest instead of having meek and quiet spirits. Oh, boy. Is this already feeling you of disgust? It really is. I'm very disgusted and also, uh, well, I'll save my judgments till the end. Because like I said, I still don't know how I feel about it. So that's that, that, that's the completion of the opening salvo. The body of this article mm-hmm. is... Uh, one woman wrote me some reasons that she thought of why women couldn't go to college. I have added my thoughts in parentheses. And I'm, I'm not going to read all of the thoughts of this one woman who shall remain anonymous for this journalist. Uh-huh. We'll protect her sources. Don't, don't call her a journalist. Continue. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm going to cherry pick some yeah, delectable morsels. <laughs> cherry pick those morsels. Uh, here's one. Men don't want to marry a woman. That's incorrect. Men don't want to marry a woman with debt. (laughs) All right. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess I could see just from an economic standpoint where that's coming from. And you can flip that. Women also don't want to marry a man with debt. Exactly. If we can avoid debt altogether, that would be great. Uh Uh-huh. It's not, however... A choice not to go to college. Yes. (laughs) Most of this debt comes from college. They also would would prefer a woman who still lives at her parents' house. Oh, man. Woo-wee, would we? That has not had other relationships. Great. Do those two things. (laughs) Yes. No debt, live with your parents, and not have another, (laughs) a lot of relationships. Those two things. Uh Uh-huh. I thought those were I thought those were the 
I thought those were the two slash three steps to financial independent early retirement. Oh, yeah. Not marriage. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's definitely fire, which is financially independent retire early. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think this might be the first time someone has referred to this article as fire. <laughs> but uh, do those two things and you will be highly sought after, John. Oh, they'll be beating a path to your door. How the... Okay. They'll be beating a path, I'm sorry, to your parents' store. To your store. parents' store. How will they find out about you? Uh, you live I don't with know. your parents. You live with your parents. You're meek in spirit. You're not loud. Oh. How are they going to find this debt-free virgin without tattoos locked in her parents' attic, meek in spirit and pale of skin? <laughs> Sh- shrinking from the sun and hissing. Men prefer Nosferatus. You know... I could go for a Nosferatu. This is the worst part. The husband will need to take years teaching his wife the correct way to act. Oh, boy. Think and live. Oh, so up until this point, thank God she's lived with her parents because apparently she does not know how to live. Well, this is the other girl. The college girl. Oh. Because the rest of the senses... Since college taught them every possible way that it is wrong. Oh, so college, college's whole mission. Now I don't know uh, how much you know about college, uh, but oh, you know I've been to I've been to a college and I remember all the classes. Uh, wrong <laughs> acting, wrong thinking, wrong living. All uh, of those classes. Which I mean, I thought I was fairly well prepared for because I did go to uh, I went to grammar school where they taught wrong home economics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How this is how you <laughs> we teach through opposites here. This is how you don't raise your house. I was really glad that in college I was able to uh in honors college I was able to get into honors how not to live 301. Yeah, th- bad life decisions 102. Th- these were staples in our in our education. This part this one goes out to the ladies. Oh, boy. These college women, they will start having babies later in life. That is, if they can still conceive naturally. Uh, that's gross. And then the actual writer, put in parentheses her own thoughts. Uh-huh. Is college worth having less children? Uh, <laughs> I will never understand how women prefer careers over having precious babies. Mm. That is a huge, huge assumption. That's a massive assumption. And I dare say uh, the trade-off between college and more babies is a choice that a lot of women make gladly every year. Yeah. <laughs> just because you get a college degree, just because you have a career, doesn't mean you need to have less children yeah it's not a mandate it's not it's not mandatory that that happen but also i don't want to judge anyone's lifestyle and i'm sure that parenting is great and being a mother is amazing but man what an awful life you must lead if you're like planning to go to college you're like oh i really could be using this this valuable time for pumping out some extra children and, and this is very ignorant about how women's bodies work yeah? Just because they're older does not mean they're less capable of having the same amount of children. Mm-hmm. Sure, it might be an, a, a, a more of a time crunch, but 
even unless in, you're having a baby every year. Yeah, but e- even in well into your forties, women can still reproduce. It, it's there's this weird stigma about the ticking clock around thirty. Like, oh no, your body's gonna shut down. Mm-hmm. No, that that's around fifty. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot of time. You, you've got a ton of time to make decisions like that. And it's it's un, uh, it's it's disgusting to me that this article. I mean, it has a to me. I don't know if it's obvious, but it has like a a basic economic fault. So we want you to be debt free. So don't go to expensive college. Instead, you should have children who are free to raise <laughs> as know. many children as possible. Not that these children are more expensive <laughs> than college is. Seriously, this is not taken to the economic factor that is you better have a rich fucking husband. Yeah, don't go to college so you can't get a fucking job so you can have babies who cost more than college. Yeah, each kid is like a million dollars on average, and I mean, college is a lot less than a million dollars. The first two years of a baby's life, you can be expected to spend $10,000 on it. Yeah. Unbelievable. And that's just diapers. That's uh, It could <laughs> just be diapers, but goddamn, that's unbelievable. All right. We're, we're, we're getting to the, the final... Actually, this I'm only three-fourths of the way in. Uh-huh. We're getting into some of the more egregious things. Everything is egregious. Uh-huh. But this one is... Agreed. Is, this Agreed-gious. one's especially egregious. It's very rare to find an 18-year-old woman that continues to work and live at her parents' house until she meets her husband. It's pretty much a joke to all who do that. Uh-huh. And then in parentheses, it's actually protection for young women to live under their father's roof until they get married, if they are able. And there's nothing wrong with doing this if they want this protection. Uh... So, how is... I mean, I guess I kind of understand how this author would believe the living under your parents' roof. Also, nice job calling it specifically the father, because fuck that mom. She didn't go to college or whatever. She's... What? Your mom? She's meek of spirit. No <laughs> reason to discuss her. Your mom protects you when, you're, when your father is there? T- ridiculous. Also, oh, wait. Your father is... taught you how to live. This notion... About finding an 18-year-old woman living with her parents. Okay, so I graduated high school and I was already 18, but I was a year behind. Uh So let's suppose all of the girls I... Most of the girls I graduated with were 17 when they graduated. Some of them didn't move away Mm -hmm. when they went to college. They still lived with their parents. Yeah. And they went to college. They were... I mean... I I don't think that's founded. I don't think that's based on anything. Not at all. That's... That's... That's dumb. This is all dumb. It, it's all dumb. Actually, that we're actually really close to the end of this. There's a lot of here about the Bible, which I'm not going to touch on. Fair. And then it ends. This is the ending salvo. Mm-hmm. I like saying the word salvo. Yeah. Young women, be wise in the path that you choose to walk on. Keep a long-term vision of your life and how you hope it will be in someday instead of acting upon the... All of the what ifs mm. that many will throw at you. So these wait, are, that's horribly written. These are external what ifs. So here's what you should do: you should choose carefully your path, but don't succumb to the what ifs that others throw at you. Oh, I don't know. But this is a what if that someone is throwing at me. <laughs> the, so this first sentence, yeah, this is a what if that someone is throwing at you. This first sentence, okay, that that. 
that can parse as pretty good advice. Yeah, think about what you're going to do with your life and don't think too much about what other people think of your actions. Uh, trust God with your life, study the word, and take the narrow path that leads to life. Mm. As if there's a broad path that will lead to <laughs> death. Yes, do not do not take the the college path for everyone who has gone to college has died. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it, it, suppose there were a narrow like a narrow path that leads to life and a, a broad path that leads to death. How do you explain the six point something billion humans on the planet if the if the <laughs> the path to life is so goddamn narrow? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty narrow, but uh, most people have died. And here's the final sentence. Yeah, mo- yeah. Most, more, pe- more people have died than have lived, sure. They followed that broad path. But that's to do with time. If they could have followed that narrow path and had eternal life. Maybe there there is exactly one path. All of life's choices, all of the what-ifs that others throw at you, there's exactly one path that leads to immortality. And no one's figured it out yet except for maybe Keanu Reeves. Or the transformed wife. Or the transformers. Robots. <laughs> The last sentence. The last night. Transformers last night. <laughs> Is that a movie? Yeah, it's the last Transformers movie. It's on Amazon. What the f- Okay. It's called Transformers The Last Night. <laughs> I've sure. never really seen any of those movies, but I still kind of want to watch it. Is that the one where Optimus Prime turns evil? Sure. The last sentence of this whole article. And we're going to circle back on a point that this last sentence makes. Stay virgins until marriage. Great. Out of debt. Uh Uh-huh. And don't get tattoos. Really? That only came in at the end. Yep. They didn't talk really any about the tattoos. Yeah, the tattoos were tacked on. They never really touched on why you shouldn't get a tattoo. Like, what's what's up with that? Mm Mm-hmm. How... What do we... What... What do we do with this? What do we do with that? Like, uh, so a lot of... That thing got, like... 60 comments on the, my friend who posted a uh, wall or whatever. And a lot of people are like, is this satire? This has got to be satire, right? But there's there's a lot. There's a lot on the transformed wife. There's a lot all in the same sort of direction of the transformed wife that would suggest that it's not satire and that maybe people read this. I have encountered enough people in my life who have had similar beliefs to whatever drivel that article is, that I'm pretty sure it's not satire. Like, I, I, I think that there is a surprisingly significant portion of the population for whom that is uh, something that is logical to read. I mean, it lines up with those passages that you sometimes hear at weddings about the wife will be submissive to the husband and support the husband and yeah. the husband will loaf around on the couch. Mm-hmm. That I absolutely and wholeheartedly disagree with and don't even understand why it's in the Bible of all things. Uh, yeah, it's something that I guess one could reason that uh, it's something that's been used throughout time as like, uh, as like a normalization of like both heteronormativity and the patriarchy uh, that's been used to like keep people down. But also something that I wanted to touch on. I told you that I wasn't sure uh, where I fell according to my likes. Uh, after hearing that article, I can say unequivocally, without a doubt, that I am a fan of broke skanks covered in tattoos. 
and, and like that that title is so audacious. Yeah, men like blank. Don't tell men what they prefer. Well, don't tell anybody what they prefer. Never. Never speak for another group of people. But of course, the most insidious thing about that article is that it's not written to speak to men. It's written to speak to, like, impressionable girls who are probably in the church who, uh, because of whatever fucked up church they go to or whatever fucked up circle of friends or family they keep, uh, they think that the opinion of men is all that should matter to them. And it uses a tactic where it introduces this other speaker, this one woman wrote to me thing. Yeah. And then adding the authorial comments in parentheses so that you can show an extremist view Mm -hmm. and then back it up with, well, why, you know, it might not be exactly this, but it's sort, you know, it lends, you know, a, a softer view in the parentheses. That makes the extremist view sound reasonable. And that that's heinous. And uh, I'd bet you dollars to donuts that she wrote that letter herself. I mean, she must have, right? Is, are people actually writing into her? I can't imagine. I mean, why would they write into her? To do so, they would have to be loud. <laughs> yeah. And they'd have to know how to write. Which <laughs> apparently she's against. I... I... The whole women should be seen and not heard, much like children, and everyone needs to be demure. I hate that word, demure. Yeah, it's a bad word. I worked with someone for a while. Uh, She was very, very religious, and uh, let's not talk about politics, but during the election, Uh, uh, I had no interest in knowing who she voted for because I knew. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell of a certain cut of people. But she was like... Hey, who did you vote for? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I am in my legal rights to never reveal that. Yeah, but I was like, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, to which she said, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. But I just know that in the Bible, uh, women shouldn't be president. Uh, it's not their place. That's and I was like, not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible at They're all. No- You've just been lied to your whole life so men could take advantage of you in your faith. Yeah, that's no. That's all that's happened. The Bible was written before the U.S. Constitution was an idea in the eye of Thomas Jefferson's ancestors. Yes. Oh my god. It's just... Look. The thing that the thing that really gets me is I hate being told what to do. Uh-huh. I hate curtailing to other people's, like, expectations of me. I've been rebellious my entire life, and it started when I was a kid and grew stronger when I was a teenager... And I think anyone who's at, like, everyone goes through uh, this rebellious phase. And because we all go through that rebellious phase, we should never hold anyone else to these weird expectations of, like, I want my wife to be subservient to me. No! Throw that... Just because that's how your parents were is not at all a defense of treating any other human being like that. But also, uh... I don't know. As a dude, it is a privileged place, but, like, I genuinely find it hard to believe that any man could be in a position with his faith where his faith says, your wife should be subservient to you, and he honestly believes that with no glimmer in his mind whatsoever of the thought of, this benefits me, thus I like it, thus I will perpetuate it. And honestly, and this gets a little preachy, I don't see how you can read the New Testament and believe 
those lines from the Old Testament about wives being subservient. It's almost like men have cherry-picked parts of the Bible for centuries to keep people down in one way or another. I mean, the, the New Testament is all about equality. Everyone is equal. There is no other above each other except and then you factor in the religious thing. Yeah. God is above all. Sure. We can all buy into that. Sure. <laughs> but uh, no. Out of humans, there is no there's no hierarchy. It's we're all fucking humans. Yeah. We're all sinful bastards. Yes. We're all born with sin and we'll die with sin. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, no one should treat each other differently. Like, that that's the New Testament in an, an eggshell. Yeah. The New Testament is like, humankind is just like a big bucket full of beetles. And then, like, if some beetle's like, I'm King Beetle. What a ridiculous notion. Yeah. We should laugh at that beetle because that beetle rolls shit. For food. Just like all the other beetles. Like all the other shit beetles that are humans. I like that analogy. We're all shit of, beetles. In a lot of ways. I, 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 that's the fascinating thing about religion is people cherry pick. Like growing up, I asked about the other religions. I asked my dad, well, what about what other people believe? God says we're all equal no matter what we believe. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, they don't go to heaven. I was like, why the hell not? <laughs> why? We all believe. Like, I mean, like. Everyone's equal. How come them and they and the non-believers? How he says we he loves all of us. Mm-hmm. Why is he cherry picking? I think that there is uh I think that there is an inherent beauty to most, if not all, religions at their heart for what they're trying to communicate. Yeah. But I also think that uh, as soon as they become exclusion exclusionists, yeah. if you give people the opportunity to exclude people from something they will yeah uh and exclusion is simple at first exclusion is if you had eight people who all believed in the same god and then some guy was like hey jerry over there i think he thinks god's got i think he thinks god's left hand let's cut him out Pretty and much. then you got seven people in one church and a dead jerry <laughs> uh, yeah i Everything about exclusion and excluding others, excluding other beliefs, that's all human. Yeah. And and because we're not capable of not excluding. Yeah. Anyway. It sucks. And that whole article was just a big mess of exclusion meant to make young women feel bad and feel guilted into following a, a certain series of life strictures set about by opportunistic men and uh, snake oil salesmen. Yeah, and I just want to say, if any young women listen to this, there's zero chance of that. There's no way in hell that's our demographic. Really, really unlikely. We just want you to know that... Don't fall for that bullshit. Just be your goddamn self. Just be yourself and let me tell you one thing. One thing. Get a tattoo. No, no. Go to your dad right now. Say, Dad, I need 40 bucks. Here's Because that's how much tattoos are. And I'm going to the parlor. I got a flaming skull and crossbones for my left deltoid. Let's go. You, you're missing the point, Henry. Oh, what's you're up? You're missing it. You got to get the hat trick. You have to go to your father. Keep in mind, he taught you how to live. Uh, you have to ask him to co-sign on a credit card for you. He co-signs on the credit card. You immediately go out, get a full sleeve tattoo, run up the credit card's limit. And then you go to the club, buy a bunch of drinks on the card, sleep with somebody. You got all three. You got debt, you got tattoo, you got promiscuity. Well, I'm not, okay. You can do them all in one day. You gotta protect that tattoo, though. Keep it wrapped. Yeah, no, I, I would let it heal first. That 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 gets really tender, and that's a, that's 
Right to the bloodstream. Right, right to the bloodstream. You can't drink after you get a tattoo. Uh, probably not. I have no idea. Buy drinks for other people. Can you donate blood if you ever get one tattoo? You can donate tattoo. You can donate tattoo ink. I'll just stick a needle in it and suck the tattoo off your body and spray it onto somebody I else. I don't know. Is, do you know? What? Can you, you can donate? After you've gotten a tattoo? Yeah. Okay. Not immediately. Well, probably immediately after. I don't know. I don't know. Look, there's weird rules about blood. And there's... I... Yeah. There is... Someone asked me you if... You can't drink it. You can't smell it. You I can mean, drink it. You'll just throw up. Yeah, you can get it like 0.4 of a liter. And then you'll be smooth sailing. Uh, wait, hold on. After you get a tattoo, can you drink blood? I don't know. Will you, it mess you it up? Have, you gotta ask your dad. You gotta ask... He did teach you how to live. <laughs> what a disgusting article. I just hate people. <laughs> Same. I, I just... The the things I come across just in my news feed lately, and there I mean I'm not even talking political stuff, just stuff like that. That was that was posted to to show how ridiculous it was. That was not posted in like a, uh, like oh yeah, women come on curtail. Yeah, I just there it, it strikes me that there's a lot of shit out there these days. There really is. And, and remember when we were young? I don't know if your parents ever told you this. When you were growing up and you were on the internet, it was always, don't share personal details. Uh-huh. And don't believe everything you read. And yeah. now, nowadays, it's like, <laughs> we almost have to go to our parents and say the same thing. <laughs> it, it's all reversed. Don't believe everything you read for sure, because anyone can post anything. Yeah. And stop giving your social security number to Nigerian princes. Yeah. Uh, our it used to be, I remember I ran a relatively successful uh, humor uh, GeoCities site. <laughs> Angel Fire. Uh, yes, it was uh, It was what I was into. It was video game and anime humor. That's awesome. I, I had a guest book, uh, but people liked it. And I remember uh, my mom found it and she was like, you can't make jokes or share personal information or like... The internet's a very serious place, and you don't know who's out there. And now our parents don't know who's out there. They're sharing things on Facebook that's like, give us the last four digits of your social security number, and we'll tell you what your 1960s Cadillac horoscope is. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. It, You're so old. Give us access to all of your Facebook profile, and we'll tell you which minion you are. <laughs> I feel like it was uh, it was all like downhill from my parents when they discovered games. Like when my mom discovered fucking elf bowling or whatever. It was all downhill from there. That was... She got bit by the rattlesnake at that point. There was only so much I could do to save her. It's only 99 cents for another ball. It's It wasn't even that. It was... Oh, I like elf bowling. What are these other things I can click on? Homeopathic remedies. And then it was just a mess. Yeah. And... A little met po- thing pops up. Oh, it says my computer's slow. But if I download this, it'll be fast. It'll speed my computer up. I mean, these. this is the same site that told me about all these conspiracy theories about lizard people. It's- Why would they steer me wrong? <laughs> Why would they lie now? Where are the pizza children? I know. They, it's a cover-up. And you know what? I need the faster computer 
John, John, Johnny Boy. That's not what your mom calls it. <laughs> uh, it is. It actually is. Oh my god, that yeah. was. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. Well, John, John Jonathan's. Yeah. <laughs> I need the faster download so I can see the children. Oh god. I need to download more RAM so I can fold more bitcoins and save these pizza kids. God damn. I need pizza to save kids. these goddamn pizza kids. Oh my god. I can't. We can't talk about the pizza kids. Circling ever. back to religion for one moment. Uh-huh. I do hope. Does your God know where the pizza kids are? <laughs> no, I do hope there's an afterlife, and I hope in that afterlife you get you get to be able like you just get the knowledge. You get everything. You get to see everything they hid. And when I say they, I mean anyone. You get to see it all. It's all laid bare for you. And so we're up there and we're like Oh, there really were no pizza kids the entire time. <laughs> like all of the all of the the fifty something Christians out there, fifty and as an age, all the middle aged people who believe in these conspiracy theories, they go up there, they go to heaven, they're like, lizard people aren't real. Oh man! And I want to be there and see the looks <laughs> on their faces. I uh, I actually wrote a short story when I was fourteen. Yeah, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. You know, during the time when I was uh, the most prolific. <laughs> uh, but I uh, I did write a short story, uh, which I thought was like such like cutting commentary, uh, because with Christianity, Whoa. I said the real hell is the basic idea was the real hell is for judgmental people who persecute based on religion, and their hell is to be trapped in heaven, looking at all the people who went to heaven when they couldn't. And they can't, like, see them. They're, like, ghosts in heaven. And they're looking at all the, like, gay people and the people with tattoos. And they get to see them have a great time in heaven. So, yeah, I'm basically Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> a little preachy. A <laughs> little preachy. A little preachy. But in my defense, I was a child. Well, yeah. I think children always preach when they tell stories. Papa, don't preach. I mean, I, Teach me how to live. It, the first stories we hear are Aesop's fables, and they're all fucking preachy. Yeah. They're all teaching a goddamn moral. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if eventually the aliens will discover men prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos, and consider it one of our fables. Please let that be the only bit of human history that survives <laughs> into entropy. And they're like, what's debt? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're discovered by, like, the most altruistic, like, u- utilitarianism beings in the world. They're like, the fuck is dead? <laughs> What's a virgin? God damn, capitalism? <laughs> what a mistake. That's what they say. And then they're like, what's college? And then they look around and they're at Harvard and then... Title card, Planet of the Apes 7 comes up. They're apes, by the way. They're apes? Yeah, they're apes. All the, these utilitarianistic beings. Yeah. Debt-free apes. Men prefer debt-free apes without tattoos. That have blown it up. God damn yeah. you all. Damn that, you all. That have blown it up. Man, that's a good podcast title. Men prefer debt-free apes without tattoos who blew it up. God damn you all to hell. Might be a little bit long, but I think we can fit it, just fit it, on the marquee. <laughs> Uh, you know, if it doesn't fit on a check, it's not fit to print. Oh. That, is that a rule? Yeah. It's a thing that I came up with. I'm, uh, I'm working out for my new character. Person who judges everything on life based on what is on a check. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the character I'm working on. So, like, any book. 
Any book. He looks at it, he's like, wouldn't print on the payable line of a check. Get out of any number. He's like, longer than my nine-digit routing number. Get it out of here. So numbers up to nine digits are fine. Up to, yes, because those could be account numbers. <laughs> so the date is always all right. The date's fine. The da- days of the week, yeah, fine. Fine. Numbers between one and the amount of money in your bank account, sure. Printed words are fine, Na- as names are, are good. things. Names are good. Names are good. Numbers are good. What about, like... <laughs> What about, like, concepts like time and... No, God. Absolutely not. No, Not at all. It is worth noting, however, uh, you can't print a social security number on a check, so if the nine-digit number you give him is also a social security number, won't have it. But if it's not an existing social security number, it could then be a valid routing number, and he loves it. This guy sounds like the most exclusatory guy on the planet. And therefore, that makes him God. It does. It makes him King Beetle. King Beetle of the Shit Beetles. Uh, also a good podcast title. <laughs> you can't, can't have two titles? Oh, uh, boy. Watch me. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I think at this point, since we both sound very tired and we started talking about what we're going to name the episode. Which is always a sign that we're on the decline. But don't worry, my friends. In due time, my friend John... We'll give you the social deets couldn't think of a rhyme. Oh, you know, uh, I've been trying to get more into musical improv lately. Have you? It's really hard. Are you going to sing the social media deets? God, no. Uh, uh, but I, I've been definitely... It's hard. There's a reason why they don't... Oh, wait, no, that's not true. They did more. There's a reason why they only feature two regular occurring musical segments on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Unless Wayne Brady was in the cast. <laughs> Wayne Brady makes it work uh, he's 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 immaculate he is uh you know a lot of people uh say that wayne brady is uh mother mary immaculate conception really couldn't take that one home uh um, you are fading faster than anything i've ever seen fade and i've seen the end of this joke my uh, drugs are wearing off, so let me tell everybody something real quick. I was trying to collect a, a couple different things that I could tell people to send us in the form of a tweet so I wasn't grasping at the end. Uh, so I think I'll put them all together. Uh, so if you want to tell us about your hoodies in high school and Mbepi and World Cup and how you're a virgin. No, don't do that one. Uh, tell us about your tattoos on Twitter, which is my favorite place to look at pictures of people's tattoos where they use emoji stickers to black out their face because they can show you their body, but never the face. We are at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Is anyone else a little concerned about that outburst from John about not seeing people's faces? Like, what the fuck was that about? And if you want to send us your uh, World Cup tattoo hoodie, uh, you can send it to us at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Now, I don't know uh, if you know much about email, but they can be pretty long. And if you send us one, I promise we'll reply using the one of... Three preset reply buttons that you get on Gmail right now. And one always just says, I'm interested, period. And I don't think I've ever fucking replied to an email in my life just saying, 
I'm interested. Unless it's a weird scam for a timeshare in a place you've never heard of, I agree. And uh, a place that we've never heard of is Facebook.com, where you can find us by searching Zero Credits podcast in the facebook search bar i did a full facebook this week because honestly i've forgotten facebook's crimes as has the rest of humanity and we stream video games sometimes on twitch.tv slash zero credits uh we'd like to stream more but we stream less and of course, the second most important thing, and really it's honestly kind of the most important thing, you have to rate us on iTunes. Those iTunes ratings are the best way for people to find out about the podcast. People who are strangers. Now, if you want to sell the podcast to someone who isn't a stranger, as always, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your dad he taught you how to live. Uh, tell your mom. Well, she's probably not very loud and she's too meek of spirit to tell anyone about the podcast. But if you have any, uh, any debt-riddled, sluttish dads in your life, let them know and they will scream it from the rooftops. And uh, don't go to college. Listen to this podcast. Oh, dude, we should make a website where all we do is tell people that men prefer people who listen to zero credits. <laughs> who cares what men prefer? You're right. Also, debt... <laughs> debt written slutty sluttish dads another good name for the podcast uh that's actually the name of my world cup team there you go and from all the debt free virgin tattooless people here in the studio at zero credit studio apartments of uh, do you have a tattoo I don't know. Of which there are none. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't have a tattoo either. Mm. We want to wish you a happy week. Man, I did that thing where you close your fist and people stop singing. I felt like a fucking god. Mm.